0: You've got Devin McCourty, and then you've got your co-worker in Rodney Harrison. <laughs> oh, they're, bo- they're both they co-workers. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's so right. So I think we bring them in, we tell them to Our fight it coworker. out, and whoever wins, you know, <laughs> we, we put on the list. <laughs> that's right. You guys fight it out. Oh yeah, baby. What's up? It's Chris Sims. Chris Sims on and we got a fucking good one today. All right. It's football. It's August 3rd. It's the Hall of Fame game. I'm at the Hall of Fame and I am here with a guy that mm, I don't know. We might maybe see in the Hall of Fame or at least talk about it a little Devin McCordy <laughs> is here with me today. It's going to be fun. What's up, man? Thanks for yo, coming.
1: Yo, why on the intro do I have to fight Rodney? Oh, like that—that's oh, not a good matchup yo, for me.
0: Well, but you're right. You're, some things. here yeah, fighting is not going to. You're right. Well, he's 50, so I'm going to take 50. you. Okay. He doesn't look like he's he doesn't 50, look though. like he's 50, but <laughs> like he might pull a back muscle or something, right? So I'm going to give you. You know, that's that's even in his prime. Nobody wants to fight <laughs> exactly. Rodney, right? I don't think you lose that mentality. No, no, you definitely. He's still. I know Rodney has that. Well, I say that loose pit bull effect, yeah, right? Between him
1: and I've done like zooms with Brian Dawkins, right. and I'm sitting there like, bro, I would never want to have to go against these guys <laughs> or anything. But I'm like, man, I wish I would have played with those oh, guys. Oh, right, would. right, that right. Been fun.
0: I know. I got to play with Brian Dawkins one year, Ooh. right? At the end of his career, he left Philly. I went to Denver, Denver yeah, and I was there, and. You know, of course, he had two lockers. One was his locker, and then the other one was the Shrine to Wolverine, right? But I've never seen a transformation of Brian Dawkins. Of a guy, like, going to the, on the game field and, yeah. Like, the, during the week, he was the most soft-spoken, loving guy. You couldn't get him to do, like, show any emotion or anything. Walk in the, the locker room on game day. Fucker was rolling
1: around on the ground, like, <laughs> And, like, being Wolverine. That's when you truly see, like, you hear these stories. And then you're like, wow. Like going to Baltimore, and I feel bad for all the young guys. Right. You've never got to see Ray Lewis come out, and I got to see it on Sunday Night Football. (laughs) Oh. I was like, damn, this, yeah. be a hard this, be game. Real.
0: this is real. They're ready. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When you got guys like that, they get the team ready. It's and then a hell you're of an right. Experience. Right. It really is. And no doubt about that. Um, thanks for coming. I do appreciate that. This got into the co worker thing with you fighting him, right? We did a little thing here with Sims Unbutton where we want, you know, I try to give some love to other people other than quarterbacks all the time, okay. right? Yep. I mean, even as an ex quarterback, I'm like, holy shit, can we talk about somebody else sometimes, <laughs> right? And so we are in in the process of going through a, you know, social media battle where we picked out five players from each team. I Who's the that. best quarterback of the century or non quarterback of the century. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. So we put you on that list there. Right. You know, I gave you, uh, yeah, Rodney was really awesome, but he was only with the Patriots for a short <laughs> time. You were there forever. You're, you are a Patriots. You're, you're going <laughs> to be in that Patriots ring of honor or whatever the hell that that's only a matter of time, but um, hopefully yeah I'll take it. All right. So, First things first, Um,
1: what's it been like, just like your first offseason out of retirement? Man, it's been fun. I've stayed busy. You know, I think, obviously, you have a twin brother who retires a year before you. You get to kind of go through it with him and the back and forth we would have. Yeah. But since retiring, you know, whether it's going and meeting people for lunch, going to events, charity events, galas, I've been doing all of that. And then when I first wasn't a hundred percent sure I was gonna retire. Right. I went on the media tour. I was like, man, if I do retire, I need a job. I can't be at home. My wife's crazy. Right. She hates. She hates when I come home and think like I'm the captain. Yeah, of the yeah house. right. And you're doing she,
0: too. She's like, she's the cat. I'm the captain here. I'm like, why
1: are we doing this like this? This should be <laughs> done like this. This is more efficient. She's like, you gotta go. So. Yeah. That was the main thing, man, trying to find a job, you know, knowing that I was going to probably retire, uh, and then just enjoying the moment, man, doing different things. And, you know, being up in, you know, New England, I was there all the way up until like two weeks ago. Um, just the love and the reception I got from so many different people was awesome.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's well-deserved, man. I mean, you're the ultimate professional. And I honestly think you're one of the most underrated safeties uh, that I can remember in recent history, and, and this is not just because you're here. This is something I have said on this podcast many times. Really, people that. don't realize how talented you were, how versatile, how smart. You were the quarterback of a defense that was very intricate and had a lot mm-hmm. of details, and I don't think you get the credit you deserve. I hear you with the wife thing. My wife, when I play that game, <laughs> she's always like, hey, when I start telling you what to say <laughs> on Pro Football Talk, then you can start telling me how to you know, clean the house and shit like that. So okay, I'm like, okay. And and there's and no response and, okay, to that. Yeah, you're right. I'm like, That's your department did you at any point get the itch this offseason where you were just like man like i want to play or are you at total like ease with the the situation
1: man i probably would have got that if you know if i went to one of those places where like the off season was cool and you came and you you know, being in New England, I would go up there and visit those <laughs> yeah. guys and they would come uh-huh. in and be like, you know how much running we did today? And I'm like, nope, I don't, no, guys. Uh. I'll see you later. See I'm headed you. out. So, no, I think, you know, I think obviously when the season starts and you, you're seeing guys out there making plays and that. But so far, you know, off-season program, no one ever wants to do that. And I've never heard a guy say, like, hey, I'm so excited to go back. To no, that's okay. the truth. That just doesn't happen. Right? So I have, not, I have not got that itch. There was a,
0: there was a point. I mean, I, my first year out, I was sad. But I, my career, I didn't get to fulfill, you know, some of the things I wanted to do in mm-hmm. the career, right? You should feel fulfilled for the yeah, most yeah. part. I hope that. But, like, I know there was a point in my first offseason where I found it really refreshing, and I didn't even realize I was going to do this, where I was just like, man. I don't got to wake up and, like, think about what am I going to eat? And, like, I got to be perfect with my diet. And, like, it was the little things like that that I kind of enjoyed where not stressing about, man, I haven't thrown a football in a day yeah. and a half or two days or I haven't gone to the weight room or I haven't squatted in, you know, mm-hmm. four or five days, right? And, like, that was, to me, like, the best thing about retirement at first.
1: And I don't think people understand that. Just the anxiety every day of exactly you're working and doing a job where – the people who are your bosses, their number one job is to find your replacement. Right. Every single day. So no matter in season, off season, you're always thinking like, man, did I do enough today? Yeah. Like, am I going to be good? Am I going to, you know, if I'm going to start, am I going to be able to still be the same player? Like, that's what goes through your mind when you're playing. Exactly. Every You're paranoid. Day. Yes. You're stressed. So it's just that kind of like. Oh, I could take this this huge boulder off my shoulders. Right. I can relax a little bit, and then I think for all of us, you find new passions and th- different things that you want to do. But I don't think anything brings that stress that football brought. Even though you loved it, you enjoyed it, it put a lot of stress on your definitely, life.
0: <laughs> definitely, definitely. You, you realize, like, damn, I had a you know I had an eight year career. I was like, damn, I had a knot in my stomach for eight years. I didn't even fucking realize <laughs> it. I was always stressing. This uh, feels good now. Yeah, I know it does. It does. All right. So the transition here, you know. You did you find that easy? Get into meeting. You're a natural. I just want to say that right away. I can already see it. I don't need to see you tonight on Sunday Night Football or anything. I could just tell by our interaction, our rehearsal yesterday, uh-huh. doing this with you. I saw you on you know some podcast clips you've done and things like that. Uh, but I'm like. I'm, I mean, has it been easy for you? Do you feel good about this transition and what you're doing?
1: I do feel good, but yeah. I think it came from, like, the preparation. You know, when, when Jay got to New England in 2018, uh, our marketing guys and everybody, we came up with we were like, let's start a podcast. Yeah. And – You know, going on a podcast, you know, we would do once a week, but we would do it in between, you know, the off day or that Monday after meetings. We would try to get it in there. Now we're scrolling through Twitter and reading articles of, like, what happened in the NFL because we're so focused on the game week. So then we kind of built out the run of show each day, each time that we did it. So just going through that process and seeing it just from that small level uh, that we did our podcast at and then – once I, during the bye week, and then once the season was over, going on different shows and seeing how they operated, going on Good Morning Football for a whole week, right, right. that kind of consistency, once I did those things, I was like, all right, I think I can do can this. Do it. Yeah. Let, me be, let me be confident and go out there and, and do what I can do yeah. and, and have fun with it. Yeah,
0: I mean, reps are always great. I know you're going to prepare. And then that's, to me, what I, when people always ask, like, I have ex-players, what do you, you know, how do you do that? You mm-hmm. got to work, man. Yeah. You know, if you want to be yourself and speak freely and be able to be a knucklehead. and You got to know what, you you're, talking know what you're talking about. Or you're <laughs> always going to be trying to find a way to bullshit your way mm-hmm. out of some conversation and then you can't be yourself. You, I mean, New England podcast while you're playing.
1: <laughs> Woo! Did I you did get a, any warnings where you I, were like,
0: you better not give me any of those. Say it to the fucking union. Okay, McCordy? Man,
1: I, I did a few things at the end of my career that other people come up to like, how the hell did you do that? And I was like, you don't ask permission. You just go just and you do it. it, and then you wait. Like, I would be walking through the hall, and uh, I don't think Bill ever listened, but Nick Casario would listen to it, and <laughs> we would walk through the halls, and Nick would be like, hey, man, when are you going to have me on the podcast? And I would go, Nick, you tell me whenever yeah, you right. want to come on agreed. this podcast, yeah. you come on. But, you know, for the most part, it's like you said, we never really got into deep conversations about – what Bill said in and out of meetings or anything like that, we had fun with it. We cracked jokes. We had Vince Wolford one time. Big Vince came back. We had Milan on the pod. We had my mom, a couple different players, David Andrews. So it was always, like, just having a good time and laughing and joking. And then we would talk about other things that went on, whether it was in sports or in pop culture. Yeah, right. So it was fun. But even going, like, I went on CBS during the bye week. Yeah. And I remember – I already said yes to doing it, and Stacy James, our head PR guy, right, comes. He right. goes, I think it's like Thursday, our last day, and he goes, hey, you going on CBS this weekend, huh? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how'd you know that? He's like, yeah, they reached out to me. I was like, yeah, I figure, you know, this might be it, Stacey. I need to start listening. And he didn't say anything. It was cool. So, yeah. uh, you know, anytime you go, when you play New England, anytime you do anything – it creates headlines and you have to you have to be okay with that's that. That's right. They're not used to anything coming out of there. So no. if you say the smallest thing, five people write articles about and I've gotten used to that and you know, I enjoy it. Now. You never
0: said anything that got you in trouble, like where Bill was like, Hey, don't say that on the pod, or don't give you know, did he ever give you like, Hey, that's a little too much information? Anything? No, there?
1: I no. I, I honestly don't think Bill listened yeah, to Yeah, no, at I'm all. sure he did, I, but I, I'm sure like I'm sort of yeah, I don't know, I don't know how him. no one reported back right, to him. Right. Um but I think, you know, especially he – Bill thought the coolest thing ever was when Jay joined the team. I remember one time that year we're playing Tennessee and we're in Nashville. We're about to take the knee and do our prayer and go out and we're waiting for everybody to come up and Bill just looks at us and he just starts smiling. It's the most awkward thing and I'm like, why is he smiling at us? And I think it was simply because he looked at us side-by-side side as we're going out. Jay's back in Tennessee. Right. First time playing back in Tennessee since he got released there. And he's just smiling. I think he, he truly understood that. You know, he's on the coaching staff. He's the head coach. Steve Belichick's there. Brian Belichick's there. He's coaching with his kids. He's watching them work together. And I think he did. I think he marveled at the idea of, like, hey, we got to bring these guys together and play together. And you know we had a lot of fun. Now we didn't know it was going to lead to a Super Bowl, right, right? But maybe you know, Bill being Bill, maybe he, he kinda, could see he knew, it. He yeah. knew. It was yeah. Coming. The <laughs>
0: evil dark lord saw it coming, <laughs> in the future, right? I mean, I, well, uh, two things jump out to me about what you're saying there, right? I mean, Bill, if you work and do things the right way, we actually talked about this last. Night, he he gives you a little bit more free range yep. if he trusts you, mm-hmm. right? So he must have trusted you. You yeah, were yeah, we had a little bit. Yeah, yeah, you were in the trust tree with him for sure. <laughs> so th- that's 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 amazing. It really is, and. I mean, you're right about the New England thing. Like, how quickly did it did you have to learn as a rookie? Like, I better shut the fuck up and just you know say yes to the media, and no, and we're gonna play hard. And first, g- first preseason game, right?
1: You come in the locker room. I remember, you know, we started with joint practices. We our first preseason game was against the Saints. Yeah. So now you're this little rookie. You got Marcus Colson in practice, Drew Brees. So I- they came to. They came to July. Jo- pra- I was there. Yeah, yeah right. Joint, practice. right. Joint so practices, right. I'm like, man, this is cool. So we go out there. I play well in the first game. I have two kickoff returns that go for like 50 yards. So I'm like, dang, this is going to be crazy, like talking to the media. And Bill comes in, and he goes, hey, you know, we got the media in here, but I'll tell you one thing. You rookies, you don't know shit about playing the NFL. <laughs> ah, yeah, you played a little preseason. Yeah. How about today when the media comes in, you all just shut the fuck up. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and I'm like, "Well, if they ask me a question." So as soon as he finished talking, no shower, no anything. undress, get dressed. You just got out. Beeline out of the locker room because I don't want anybody asking me any questions. Right, I was right. a first round pick. I, right. I was like, "I'm out of here." Yeah. And I did that all four preseason games. Just not to so talk so to the media right. to to make sure, and I, right. and you talk to the media when Stacy would come and be like, "Hey, we're gonna have you do some media today." Yeah, All and right. as a rookie, that's 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 what you that's what stuck you do. To. So
0: you, you see that, and then you watch the veterans a little bit, and you start exactly. to learn, like, okay, this is how I gotta talk, and and, and then you, go you figure there. out,
1: like, yeah, Bill's telling you that, but he doesn't really mean don't talk, right? But he's he's warning you
0: be tight-lipped, exactly, right, right, exactly. Who who was? Why we're on the subject the most egregious or the guy where you were always like, and they got a mic in there, like, "Oh, he might not listen to Bill or who. Randy Moss. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you
1: might say Gronk, but then when
0: Randy came out, I
1: was like, yeah, yeah. Gronk eventually got to that. But my rookie year, Randy Moss, everything was great. Then week one, we play Cincy, and, you know, the big thing was we don't talk about injuries and we don't talk about contracts. Oh, right. And the media, and then, like, Randy goes on, like, a 10-minute, like, I don't want to call it a rant, but this 10-minute speech – and he's like, you know, I know what kind of receiver I am. I know they're not going to pay me. but And I was just like, oh, damn, I, I thought that was a big no-no. And then that's when I realized the business of the NFL. Week four, right. bye week, Randy Moss traded to the Minnesota Vikings. Damn. And that's how my – the beginning of my career was that. Like, right. The things that they talked about not doing or guys showed up late, whatever it was, if it didn't follow the kind of culture and the rules of the Patriots – it was like that, and that person would be gone, either traded, released. Uh, I just remember being a rookie and being like, man, this business is cutthroat. Oh, definitely. Just seeing so Especially many guys there. coming in. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Maybe the most cutthroat organization there is.
1: We Mike Teal. Grew up around Jersey. Jersey, yeah, right. Jersey guy, yeah, Rutgers right. guy. I remember my rookie year, Bill calls me, and he goes, hey. and I, You get called into Bill's office as a rookie. I'm like, I didn't do anything. Yeah. Like <laughs> and he's like, hey, what, what can you tell me about Mike Teal? So hey. I'm like, oh. Great guy, let us, blah, blah, blah. Teal was there for a week.
0: Right, right.
1: Didn't get to show anything. Barely got any snaps one week. And that was it. That was
0: it. I, I, I actually had a. They asked me about a guy. Remember Bo Scaife? Do you remember the Tennessee. he came into camp for a little yep, bit? He did. They were asking me. He was my best friend in college, right? Uh-huh. He's still one he of oh, my yeah, best friends in the world, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they asked me. I was like, man, Bo's talented. I mean, when Bello's healthy, he's the man. And then it was one of those days of practice, like the third day of practice, where like you know you guys make a mistake, and Bill would just go run, uh, yep. fucking run, just and you guys, go. And and Bo was out of shape. And I remember I'm a quality control coach, and I remember going, man, Bo's like 40 yards behind everybody. He might get cut today, like he might. And then the next day, it was like the same thing, and he was way behind everybody. And I was like, oh man, he's. They asked it's me about rough. him. I said all these good things, and they're gonna cut his ass, and they cut his ass right then. And then you went to media. And then I, yeah, not <laughs> long after that. And so for all those out there. I have known about Devin McCourty since my brother was in high school. So, so that was, you know, 2000, what, seven, eight? Those are your six, five. Right. Yep. Holy crap. I mean, yes. Devin McCourty, Jason McCourty, St. Joe's Regional High School, Montvale, <laughs> New Jersey. Rival school is Don Bosco, where my brother went, or Bergen Catholic, where Brian Cushing and mm-hmm. company were, Right. And uh, we had had St. Peter's Prep in the conversation at that time. Will Hill and company, right? Remember that? He was a little younger than me. Uh, Oh, yeah. He was a a baller in high school. Oh, my gosh, he was. (laughs) He picked six Matt in the state championship game to win the game, actually. But so I've known him for a long time. And then, of course, was in New England, you know, your second year there. That's when, you know, I got to meet you a little bit. So there are some history here. Mm. uh, But, bam, I know. I I laugh with my brother every now and then because he's like, man, in high school – Man, I had to play some DBs. I mean, I was it was Jason <laughs> and Devin McCourney at two corners, and they had Junior golette yeah, playing yep. defensive end or tackle yep. at that time. Uh, so that that was crazy. But that's how I first got to know you. All right, so I want to unpack and uh, like some New England. I'm just gonna be fanboy. That's what I'm good at, and I'm gonna ask you a whole bunch of shit. <laughs> Let's but do I it. do want to get to. I'm gonna to get to some thoughts. I got some like questions from the listeners, and they knew you were coming, and I just want to throw a few things out to you, just like what's going on in the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. All right, first one, at seventeenth bird, right? The whole video with Trevon Diggs and Dak Prescott. Have you seen that here recently? Yeah, yep, right, yep. right. So his question is: Is it commonplace for DBs to call their starting QBs a B word? Okay, I swear all these. So this is one I won't say out loud. Okay, <laughs> I know talking crap to your team is one thing, but when it's your star player on defense calls you your QB the B word, where does it come from? Drawing jaw- uh, to disrespect. When does it come from drawing to
1: disrespect? I see it like this. Yeah. When you get on that field, there is no, like, that's our starting quarterback. There's times in training camp where, like, Coach Coach Belichick will have to come in and remind the guys, like, hey, like, we're, we're on one a team. team. Right. Like, we're one <laughs> yeah. because until right. you get to the first preseason game or joint practices, you're going at it. So there was times in practice where Tom's mother effing us, like, I mean, cursing a guy out on defense and, like, I don't know if people think, like, because you play with, like, these great players that when they curse you out, you're sitting there like, okay, man, yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah, right. No, like, there was times I remember in uh, 14, we're having a great day, right? Yeah. We, I think we we had an interception early, and then I think Revis picked six, and we all run to the end zone, and Bill's trying to keep the drill going, and we're all jumping up and down. Hell no, we won't go. <laughs> Hell no. And you've been around Tom a little bit. Tom gets Oh, he's pissed. pissed. You're showing so, him up. You're showing yes. practice up, everything. So now <laughs> he gets bit. So Jamie Collins starts yelling, man, you over there acting like a little, like going back and right, forth. Right, right. And by the time we got to the locker room, it was laughs and jokes of because course. we understand, like, especially in training camp, if you can't have that, if you can't have two sides of the ball, it was like Bill would always say it. We needed to be a heavyweight fight. We need one person to throw a haymaker, and you take it on the chin, and you get back, and then you throw a haymaker. He's like, it should be a back and forth. It, yes. And within that comes the trash talk. Right. Like, I mean, remember what we saw Cam Newton and Josh Norman face-to-face? You're telling me Josh Norman and that defense didn't respect what Cam did on offense? Exactly. No, they did, right. but it's in the heat yeah. of playing. Yeah. Like you go at it.
0: Tempers flare. Damn, you get you get – Honoring and fucking crazy when it's training camp. I mean, damn, you got no life, you know? You just, you got.
1: Especially those guys, I think they're in a the dorm and all that. Yeah, like when you're. Oh, you don't see your family. No, like, right. There's nothing. There's no home cooked
0: meals. There's never a moment to yourself, you know? You don't get. you know some loving from the wife or the (laughs) girlfriend it all starts to get frustrating (laughs) during training camp all right that's the way it goes right you know all right so here's another one from a a a common listener here our Corey Joskowitz he wants to know from you who's the most difficult player you ever had to tackle in the
1: open field oh uh throw Marshawn Lynch up there Just Uh, because of the pure size and power? Marshawn Lynch was probably number one, and it was because when we would watch him on film, it felt like he was always balanced, right? Everybody remembers his time in Seattle, but early in my career, I played him, and even in Buffalo. Oh, that's right. So in Buffalo, you would get the one-two punch of him and Fred Jackson. So now you're like, man, then, you know, later C.J. Spiller came there, but Marshawn was always one of those guys that when he broke out, you didn't know how he's going to try to get that angle. If he was going to let you kind of think you were going to wrap him, then use that offhand and throw you. Right. So he was always a tough guy. And, you know, I think even, you know, later in my career playing Baltimore, like yeah, Lamar Lamar Jackson right. coming out That's there in insane. the open field. Right. And now you're sitting there for one, he's a quarterback. But, you know, between him and Josh Allen, when they got out there to you, it was like, all right, we got to lock in and try to get these guys on the ground. So, uh, yeah, man, it – and I'll tell you one thing. When you play free safety and you're in the open field, yeah, every guy that gets to you untouched is a really hard tackle. Oh, of course it now, is. Some of those guys are exceptions, and it's just tough. Like, hey – and I tell guys, like, a guy would miss a tackle, and I'm like, hey, man, like, you're it not going to make all – if yeah. you make all those tackles, you're going to be known as one of the greatest tacklers that right. ever played a game. Right. Like, those are hard tackles. Yeah. but. Yeah, those are some of the guys that I used to look I can't a even imagine. <laughs> I can't
0: even imagine. Well, well I mean, that's why I, I say this on here a lot of times. The safety's got to save the play a lot of the yeah, time. Yep. You got to be fast and run somebody down so they don't score an 80 yard touchdown. Or sometimes you got to take one for the team and go, damn, I'm going to get ran I'm gonna over. I'm going to get but, run over, but yeah. he's going to trip on me on the way yep. down,
1: right? I remember Bill would hit you with this sarcasm. So I forgot one of the games I had a terrible play, and it was either a run or a pass, but the guy got by me. And we come in the film room the next day, and Bill goes, I mean, Look behind you. Like, there's no one. No one's behind you. Like if if you don't do it, then who else do you ever want to do it, McCourty? And I'm just sitting there like, and it's I think it was like two years ago. It's like it's like year eleven yeah, or twelve right, right. for me. So I'm like, Bill, I know. Right. But it was just like that's how he would get you going. And yeah. then you walk away pissed off right. that he did it and lock in on making sure it doesn't happen again.
0: Right. Who's the best open field tackler? You ever saw, like, or played with, or who's the, who do you like, who's, who's a guy that you looked at was like, damn, they're unbelievable in the offense. It would,
1: it would definitely be Pat Chung. Yeah, playing with Chung. Yeah, and he would get some of the worst guys that you could have to tackle in the flat with like ten yards of space. And Chung would always tell me, like, yo, if you just come, you just come with your palms up, and you'll never miss a tackle. Break down with your palms up. And I go, Pat, what the hell does your palms up have to do with anything? He goes, I don't know. It's just palms up, make me stay balanced. And he would make, I mean, some great tackles on, you know, Jamal Charles, like all these – Chris Johnson, all these backs that were just phenomenal when I first got in the NFL. And he would be in there breaking down one-on-one with them. And I'm like, I, and you know, you're running over there, like, oh man, I hope he makes this tackle. Yeah. I wrote it like, man, good tackle, Pat. That's what I'm talking about. Because I'm like, if you didn't make it, yeah. it would be 15 more yeah, yards yeah, right. and I had to come. Right, so, right. Nah, he was, a, he was a great open field tackle. You, you got me thinking about a
0: subject with Belichick a little bit. Because like, when I was there, he liked to piss Wes Welker off a little bit. Yeah. Right. And he'd always push his buttons. And, and there was a thought in the building, Bill did that deliberately because he thought when Wes was pissed off, he played his best. Mm-hmm. Right. You talked to me. We talked on the flight out here a little bit. We were sitting next to each other and we, you, we were kind of, we got into talking and quarterbacks and all that. Mm-hmm. And you said you always thought that like Belichick talked up Rodgers or other great quarterbacks in the mm-hmm. pregame because he thought it pissed off Tom and he'd get the best time.
1: Yeah. And I always tell people like a part of Tom's greatness was allowing Bill to even coach him hard. Right. Because yeah. I remember, you know, as a young guy, you walk in and you hear Coach Belichick coach Tom or rip Tom on something, it put the fear of God in every other player right. because you're watching and Tom's like the guy you watch, you know, he's so old. And he was the a guy man. you watched he's growing he's up. perfect, right? Yeah, yeah and right. you're seeing that. Right. And then we would play quarterbacks, whether it would be Aaron or we play Peyton. And, you know, both those guys stepping up, you know, obviously Aaron would run a little bit. Peyton wouldn't. And Peyton, you know, it was Peyton and Tom. Yeah. So we would always talk about, you know, we got to bring pressure through the middle of the defense. We gotta, you know, we can't let Peyton step up. And it would be funny because he would say it a good like six times during the week. Like, when this guy steps up, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. And you're sitting there and you're like, that is what Tom is. When right. Tom steps up, right. that's when he's his best. Exactly. But what I always respected about Bill was you never would have hear him say that in the media because that yeah. was for the locker room. Right. That was for the guy that was for Tom, but that was also for the other guys in the locker room to right. know like, this is a big game. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna go out and say it, but the guy on the other side yeah. that everyone thinks he's great, but we think our guy's the best. Yeah, we as a defense, we need to prove that our guy's the best, right. By doing these different things. And it was always, I mean, early in my rookie year when Peyton was in Indy. We had, a I mean, a classic game where we went up and then he came back. Then he went to Denver and we had all of those battles. So it was just so much fun. And then seeing that as you got older and understanding kind of the philosophy of what Bill was doing and how he was triggering different guys a certain way, but motivating the team in the same way. So um, guys a genius, man, just being around him, obviously, for my whole career, 13 years and, being in the squad meeting rooms and seeing that, but then also behind the scenes, the whole a little team bit.
0: coaching everything.
1: Yep, seeing our captain's meetings right. and how he would break things down right. on a different level. Yeah. Uh, I learned a lot of football and, and how to run a team. No,
0: I know. People don't really realize unless you've been in the building or been in maybe even some other buildings to compare it oh, yeah, or whatever true. to just know what he is. And I, I try to tell people all the time, and I think a lot of coaches don't even want to hear it once they start down yeah. that road. They just want to hear, oh, he had Tom Brady. He was just lucky. Yeah, so and that's, that's 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 yeah. the go-to. That's the go-to for every coach. It all the it – it it who couldn't have done it with Tom Brady? I want to be like, well, Tom Brady wasn't Tom Brady the first three Super Bowls, everybody.
1: And you know? uh, and I always say that there's so many other great quarterbacks. like you're not going to tell me like Aaron Rodgers he would have won Manning more Super Bowls those yeah those guys are great, great quarterbacks right. too but it's hard to win a Super Bowl you know consistently and always times, be in it but, yeah they right. won six of them. like that's yeah.
0: hard to do no doubt about it It was a total team effort there yeah. and Brady continued to get greater and greater as his career went on <laughs> which is crazy right um he do think like did you ever feel like he had a way of trying to motivate you or was he just kind of straight up like what the fuck are you doing what? why
1: I, I mean, I, I, got, I got a good amount of that. But I always used to laugh because we would play teams. And, you know, as the NFL started to transition, where you didn't really have the kind of 220, 225 safeties right. that were back there and could knock your head off because you really couldn't do that yeah. anymore. We would play teams and he would go, I mean, their safeties are light. They're all former corners. They're 190. They don't want to really hit anybody. And I would sit back and be like, Hey, that's me, former corner, <laughs> 190. Uh, like, right? What are you saying about me? So I, I don't know if he ever did on purpose or he was just going. Yeah. But I I would always be like, Man, I'm gonna show him. Like, I'm not I'm not this former corner lightweight guy. I'm gonna go. So I think all those little things, like or, he knew, or tactical. Yeah, I, I think yeah. he I think he kind of knew yeah. like. The guy starting for us at safety, right? Starter for us at corner. Like I know he knows that, yeah. and I'm gonna make sure he hears yeah, it yeah. every time we play another one of these right, guys. Yeah, right. yeah.
0: Because he wants you to be physical and act like you're exactly. 225 and exactly. do whatever else, right? Yeah, that's it's uh it's amazing. You're right, and I mean he was a part of the era, like when he was the Defensive coordinator for the Giants mm-hmm. and all that, where yeah, safeties line, linebackers were 255 or yep. 260. Well,
1: our linebackers were still there. you're
0: still <laughs> uh, You were you're really the, the one of the only teams that kind of held on to that.
1: When I got we had when I, I got to NFL, Brandon Spikes was drafted same class as me, a and cinder block for a head. Got, we the, got to the, the g- facility, I was like, dude, what position are you playing? Right? He was like, Brandon Spikes. I was like, you're the linebacker from Florida. I was like, bro, you would have played three technique for our at, team Rutgers. at Rutgers. I was like, <laughs> right. you're 260. There's no. no our our nose tackle was, I think 255. Right, right. So you would have been a nose tackle for us. Yeah, but that, that's what we had. And those guys, I mean, I watch between spikes, Mayo, Dante Hightower, Hightower. I watched those guys come down Jamie downhill. Collins.
0: People don't realize how big all those guys oh, are,
1: and they would hit some offensive lineman. Like, I watch, I watch Brandon Spikes knock guys clearly out of the game.
0: No doubt. Yeah, that's why I call him Cinderblock head. Yeah. I mean, he was like a sledgehammer. <laughs> I, the, one of the greatest collisions I ever saw in my life, you might remember this, in the stadium 2000, going into the 2013 season, mm-hmm. Nate Solder got spikes uh, around the goal line. And Spike Nate, broke out. I mean, <laughs> yes. Because I think it was the first time anybody hit spikes like that. I remember it. And the big Russian, Nate Soldier, which yep. I called him, the big Russian, he had the big German in Bomer. That's uh-huh. what I called him. Oh, here goes, you know. And he was so proud of himself that he hit spikes like that.
1: Well, and I remember because at that time, spikes kept knocking people out. Like, or he would hit a lineman a little bit unnecessary. So Nate hits him, spikes falls, and, and Nate, Nate got on top and finished it. That's jumps right. Jumps on top of him. That's so right. I'm like the first guy over there. So I'm 190, but I'm like, I got to have my teammates back. So I go in there. And as Nate's kind of getting up, so he's on one knee, I push Nate. He backs up a little bit. So then one of the linemen pushing me. I go like five yards, get a little run and start pushing another lineman. Doesn't move. That's when I was like, yep, I'm a DV. Yeah, yeah. Get yeah, out of here. Yeah. This is right. They're fight. too damn big. I'm and not I, I remember with that crew. That was the third fight of training camp. Right. And after that fight, Bill makes us run. And Bill goes, next person getting a fight, we're running the rest of the practice. Vince Wilford comes in the middle with the whole team and goes, anybody else fight after we run, you going to fucking fight me. <laughs> and I remember everybody's face was like, well— I guess fighting's done for training camp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because was that guy. That's like, right. You just didn't want to test it and see where he would go. He was nuts.
0: No, he was nuts. He, he called me crab meat when I was there. And I was, I was like, <laughs> why does he call me that? I, <laughs> I didn't figure it out. He said, like, hey, crab meat. And I was like, damn, what? I don't get it. I'd laugh. and am like, oh, yeah. He's like, What'd do like yeah, what do I do to him? I don't get it. And he, he's like, and one day I was like, wait, what? why do you call me <laughs> crab meat every day? I don't fucking get it. And he's like. you're a bottom feeder right now man you're a bottom feeder and I was like damn I am a bottom feeder right now I'm doing all the dirty shit for the organization uh they're master motivators Belichick I mean I learned that because of Parcells Belichick my dad always says he didn't realize his first name began with the ph until he got done with the career because it was always fucking sins fucking this fucking that so uh yeah they're great that way all right a few more questions before I start to pepper you here at Quinn Johnson wants to know the most intimidating player you ever played against now, I know Marshawn is intimidating. I don't know if it's the same question, yeah. but um, was there a tight end, a lineman, anybody that you were just like, damn, that guy right there? It,
1: for me, it was uh, Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson. Oh. We talked about it the other day at dinner. Yeah. My rookie year, preseason game, he came out there. Hercules. Jersey, Jersey was pulled right. up. Abs, 6'2". And you're just like, that dude's a running back. Right. And I just remember coming out, and it, and, you know, You know how it goes in the locker room. That legend starts before the game. Like, we're in the locker room and guys are like, yo. Wait till you see see? Steven Jackson. Wait till you see Steven Jackson come out there. (laughs) So, I would say him and then the first time I rookie year playing against Adrian Peterson because as a kid, you watch the highlights. So, you watch what he did to defensive backs. You watch how he ran. So, when you first play him, you're like, damn, I hope I don't end up on one of those highlights. No doubt. Those two guys were just very intimidating. The size, the way they ran just – just ruthless on how they would run guys over. Yeah, Adrian
0: Peterson's on the short list of guys where – yeah, when I was on the field with him and I was holding the clipboard, but I was just going, man, we're, we're not on the same. Nobody out here is on the same level as that guy. Yeah, like, like you know, we don't deserve
1: to be on the like, field.
0: We look like peewees and he looks like he's, you know, a professional or whatever. Those little Giants. Man, like, it really was. That's what it is. It was, it was unbelievable. He is definitely one of the best players I ever saw in person in my life. How about uh, we got one from International Touch. He wants to know, did you have a go-to pregame meal or routine?
1: Uh, I was always a big, you know, French toast, eggs, and bacon guy for all our 1 p.m. starts. Yeah. And, uh, then at night, I just always have some pasta and some grilled chicken. When you were in New England and you had a night game, did
0: you guys have to stay in the hotel the whole day? Or were you allowed to go? You were allowed to go home. You were allowed to go yeah, home yeah, for a little allowed bit. To go home, okay, yeah. that's good. So that
1: was cool until I started having kids. Then. Right then you were like, hey, I don't that's know if I want to go. That changes a little bit. I would tell my wife like, Hey, I'm gonna stay here for for a little bit longer, take a nap, and then then I'll come back and catch the the kids in the back end before I go to the game. Yeah,
0: yeah. All right, all right. So that's 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 all I'm gonna go with the uh, listening listener questions mm-hmm. right now. Now I'm gonna gonna get the Chris Sims questions. All right. <laughs> so first thing I want to know is like, you know, when 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 you got to New England, right? You know, one was the NFL what you expected. Two, right, um what was I gonna say? The NFL what you expected and two, when was the moment you went, Okay, I can I can kinda I can play in this league. I belong here.
1: Yeah, uh so Obviously, I said my brother gets drafted a year before me, He right. goes to Tennessee with Jeff Fisher. So that gives you a little confidence in itself, right? But he's calling me. He's like, "Man, we wore we wore pants in practice three times yeah. all year. Like, yo, the NFL because we went at Rutgers with Koscielny. It was old it was school. rough. Like it was all. Right. He was like, "Man, I'm telling you, How they you. do it
0: at Ramapo High School <laughs> in Jersey. <laughs> yeah, I know. He told <laughs> us some crazy Ramapo High School stories. <laughs>
1: um, but he would he would tell me these things. So I'm sitting there my last year, like, man, I can't wait go to NFL. Like, live like a pro. I get to New England, nine straight days of double, of right. double sessions. Pads, all of everyone. Every right. And I'm like, dude, it's not with the NFL. The NFL's <laughs> supposed to be cool, having right. fun. And, and then the moment that I felt like, um, like, all right, I'll be okay, week one. Like week one, we get Cincinnati the year they get T.O. So you got Chad and you got T.O. on one side. And I'm the rookie corner. So go out there, first play of the game, T.O. runs the fade, runs the nine route. And I remember I'm running, I lean, I look back, and he kind of goes to swipe me by, for the the big catch on top of your head, right, you know, and the, the last minute, reach back like grab three of his fingers, and the ball incomplete pass, and I'm like, whew, all right, I'm gonna be okay. Like first right. way, I mean it's Terrell Owens. Like growing up, like this is T.O. Hall of Fame. And I made that plan. I was like, all right, I'll be all right in this league. I, I, I think I'll be able to make it. Right, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that, that, that's uh, – That would have went the other way. I don't oh, know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, then you got Ojo Cinco. I mean, he must have been, like, gushing about Ojo Cinco because that was, like, his favorite player he, I mean, before and, he got to New England.
1: And then Chad, you know, the, the week the week leading up to the game right. finds my Twitter. So starts tweeting me and oh, Darius Butler at his two starting corners. Right. Can't wait till Sunday. I'm going to embarrass you guys. Like, talking trash – and you know it was also it was an awesome moment for me because I was like, yo, Ocho Cinco just tweeted me. I was like, hey man, tweet me again. I got I got so many followers from you just tweeting me just now. But yeah, I think with Bill talking about Chad, but we had a, we had a little bit more of a plan for Chad um, going into that game. But uh, yeah, I mean Chad, I think finished with like 175 or something. He just so he still had a big yeah, he was yeah. just yeah, he had a big day.
0: Yeah, you, you couldn't stop him in his prime. Yeah. He was damn good. I mean, he really was. All right, so when you get so now you're you're rookie whatever you know your first few years in the NFL or what, I don't even care your first few years in the NFL. What do you think was traditionally the most intense, stressful week for your team, the opponent or whoever it was? Right, like I know Jets week was always a big yeah, week because yeah. Bill wanted to give it to the Jets and they were in the AFC East. So, mm-hmm. You know they kind of screwed with him there early in his career. When did so, you always feel like the coaches and everybody were the most tense?
1: It was always it was always Peyton Manning. <laughs> That's what I thought you were gonna say. And then it was if we played a coach that was in New England before. So my rookie year, we played Cleveland and and Dayball, Brian Dayball was the offensive coordinator for Cleveland. Uh, Peyton Hillis ended up beating us, I think, like 40 to 14. Um, And then the the different offensive coordinators that I wouldn't know when I was young, but like traditionally have have given Bill problems through the years. So Kubiak, uh, North Turner, uh, Andy Reid, like we would play – these guys, and, you know, sometimes we play these guys and their teams were terrible. Yeah, like, right. It was just not a good team. But it was personal but it to would, him or – Oh, it would yeah. be, you don't understand the way this offensive coordinator would have game plan. And we'd be sitting there like, dude, what do we – like, they have four wins. And for some reason that we would get in those games, like we played Cleveland at 13, and I believe North Turner was the, the coordinator with – um Jason Campbell was yeah. the starting quarterback. Sure. And I think they might have had four or five wins at the time at the end of the season. We had to come back and only won because an onside kick because their game plan – but this was also Josh Gordon. Like Josh oh, Gordon I Josh Gordon took now. a slant oh that's Oh, to skinny arc. post right yes, down yep. the left side there. Yeah, so, I remember. But the right. game plan and what they did as an offense. They knew Bill. They, exactly. Right. And those would be the worst weeks for us. Right. Just dealing with that. Peyton, former coach or one of those offensive coordinators that had traditionally done well against Bill.
0: I got to be on the other side of that in 2009 with Josh McDaniels and the Denver Broncos. Uh-huh. And funny thing is, is Josh the whole week was like, we're not going to outthink Bill. We're not going to outthink Bill, but you know, I'm going to try to find a, you know, something I know he does. And like, we went to Wednesday practice, nothing Thursday. He came in with like this smile on his face and the like he had figured something out and just quick for you. I don't even know if you know this, but he went, we went, he went, He remembered if we get in the wildcat, the defense will automatic check to check, cover three. Yeah. Right. So we got in the wildcat with No. Sean Marino, and then he would bring the quarterback back in
1: and go to regular.
0: and go, and we'd run our regular offense. And he they now never know really, the coverage. And we knew the coverage, and we mm-hmm. and we, we ended up upsetting them that day. But I, I could see where Bill, yeah, Bill would Bill would yeah. be stressed about the guys that know him a little more back
1: then. The next year when I got there, we had two wildcat calls like that. I bet you that was why That was, that wild. was it. it. was right. fire two and it was fire three. Like, I bet you
0: he added one more just one because more, he yeah. was like, like yep. "I can't let." Like, and gosh, I remember,
1: and, and it's funny to know that because then we used to get into if we have time, to get out. Let's check a regular defense, right. and that right. was always my job. Like if right. you think we have time, get us in a regular defense, and if we're in fire two. Get us in just basic cover three, if sure. we're on fire three. Right, just get us to a cover two, just so they don't know what we're in. Yeah.
0: If you if you could elude on it more, right? I mean, it's you. You brought his name up and Peyton Manning, and of course it was you got in the league, and it was just Brady Manning, Brady Manning, mm-hmm. Brady Manning, and you know Rogers was slowly starting to creep into the conversation there too. But like, g- give me. I mean, you're with Belichick, the mastermind, the genius, and now you're playing the guy who was the mastermind genius coach at the line of scrimmage. Like, Mm -hmm. just preparation of the week for Peyton, things that jumped out to you on the field. You know, he's more physically gifted than people want to give him credit for. But just go ahead. Just the floor is yours on this one.
1: Yeah, man, I think especially because I think we might have played Peyton call it like week eight or nine so i had already experienced what preparation looked like right we played philip rivers during that time right uh i think we played i don't remember if we played big ben before or after that but you had to i had c- some quarterbacks yeah and, and i got in a, a rhythm a right, of right. how we're going to prepare what we're going to do right, right and we get to that next week and and you know we played the the game before that sunday and you know they kind of end that meeting sunday night and monday like all right we need to get ready. This week's going to be totally different. For you rookies, it's going to be a week like you've never had before. And I'm like, what the hell are we talking (laughs) about? How could it be more intense than it already is? (laughs) And we come in, and they're like, all right, we're not going to signal any calls. Nothing's going to come from the sideline. Everybody's going to get little wristbands with calls on it, with a number on it. Everything's going to be done by a number. And I'm like, yo, what are we doing? Like We haven't done this all year. And James Sanders, Brandon Merriweather, they was like, bro, you don't get it playing this guy's different. It was like, no matter what, at some point in the game, he's going to know every call that we're in. And we jump out. I want to say it was like 21-zip. 21, zip 21 or like zips, something like at that. At halftime. Uh, yeah. And right. I'm like, man, these guys don't know what they Good. talk about. We getting that Peyton Manning. <laughs> and, and I think I had an interception in the first half. This is going great. Right. Next thing you know, it's 24-21. Right. Peyton Manning has the ball yeah. driving to beat us oh. in the fourth quarter. And – uh, I think they had a little miscommunication on the route and James Sanders gets an interception and we get he intercepts the ball with like a minute and twenty left as Peyton was driving in to beat us. And I that's when I was like, Oh, this guy's really right. like I mean, we had him confused. We would line up whenever we played and we line up in a cover two shell yeah. and everything. So as a corner, they're like, Hey, we're gonna play man to man uh from cover two. You're gonna be three yards off. I'm like, Coach, that's gonna put me in no man's land, like. I don't want to, like, either I need to get up and press or I need to get off. He's like, nope, this is how we're going to play this week. He's like, you're going to play cover two from there, cover three from there. Man, everything is going to be from that same spot all game. And I'm like, you they can't be serious. Right.
0: And But they felt like rolling the dice there was better than him knowing exactly what you were in or seeing that. The biggest thing was right. don't disguise. Let's right. not go here and yeah. roll here. And right. It was like, he knows that. Like,
1: yeah. That's a waste of time. Right. Just give them the same look. Well, but – I don't know, like... When he, he snaps the ball, then you had to get where you had to go. Exactly. Right, right. But he went in at halftime, and Figured he it must out. have met, and he knew, and he was on it. Did you did you sense, like,
0: Brady extra tense in those weeks? Despite what Bill might have said to him, yeah, to yeah. wax poetically about, you know, Peyton or whatever, did you always sense, like, ooh, it's, this is personal between these two or anything that
1: way? I'll give Brady credit for that. I never really felt like that at yeah. any time, yeah. playing with him. Like, you knew his fire would increase, but it was for those games, right? Right. The playoffs is when, to me, you really saw, like, Brady be Brady. Or if we had a big letdown in a game, then he would come out. But for the most part, when we got to the playoffs, he would be on the team about understanding what it took, how we couldn't have, you know, a few bad plays or a bad series. And he would do that across the ball, like, whether it was special teams, defense, offense, he would make sure everybody knew exactly what we needed to do. And that's probably when you saw the most fire come out of him was in those weeks, especially if it wasn't going well. If it was going well, he kind of let everybody play to a role. We had different leaders and guys who did different things on the team. He let all that play out. But to me, he always kind of had – that single eye on, all right, I, I need to do this if we fall short. Like, I need to be kind of that last man that makes sure everything yeah. goes the right way. Yeah,
0: right. I, I, uh, I always appreciated – or something I learned when I worked there with you guys just for the little time I did, the 18 months or whatever, was the fact that I learned that you guys were never really – and I heard some of the coaches say that you guys were into internal motivation. Mm-hmm. Internal. We're going to work, worry about us, like – And we're going to hold ourselves to a standard and – you know, I'd come from other places where it wasn't always like that. Yeah. And that's why it was a roller coaster all the time. Because yeah, it was like, if the team talked shit about us, our team now was ready, ready that week. Go, yeah. But if it was kind of a ho hum week, our team fucking would fall asleep. And he'd mm-hmm. be like, damn, I don't know if we're ready to go this week or not. Yeah. And you guys always had that magic. And I remember, I think it was Bill who said, he's like, watch, these teams that are externally motivated, it's a roller coaster all year.
1: I will say we did have one of those moments, though. We played uh, the Texans in 2012. And they rolled into the stadium with the uh, varsity jackets Oh, on. I remember. I was there. And I remember right. the locker room kind of like, yo, these dudes came in in varsity jackets. Because right. they and were 11-0 the or 12-0, yeah, yeah. something like that, right? And they're sending a message like they're here now. They're the varsity team, blah, blah, blah. And it just so happens that week when we came in, because that was the talk coming in. And Bill never does this. Like, Bill on Wednesday, I don't care who you're playing he would find and make the best highlight tape you've ever seen. Yeah, at this right. Team. Like
0: we're playing the best team we've ever seen. This I mean, league. everything. Yeah, right, right. And he
1: comes in that Wednesday. He goes, "We're gonna fucking destroy these guys." And if you could just see, like, everyone in that meeting room was like, "Yeah," and that whole—I mean, I think we beat him, like forty-two. We 14. dominated. Like we, we killed yeah, I don't them. even want to
0: say we. I don't know why we say that, but you anyway, were there. with I us, was man. there with you. I was, I was, and I remember during that week breaking down film, or the week before going. If they play like this the whole game, we're gonna. Our coaches are gonna fucking dice them yeah. up. Like I remember one of my m- things I've said to people before during that week. I actually told some of the guys this at dinner last night because you know Bill always had a project. Hey, here's a project. He mm-hmm. he would tell George Gatsy at the time, who the Gatsy was my boss, right? And and then he would be like, hey, you gotta do this, yes. right? And he'd you know motherfuck me and everything else, right? And I'd be like, damn, I didn't even do anything. I said <laughs> yes, and he'd be like, fucking get up there and do it. And but I had to go back up on like a Thursday night because they want, they were worried not only about J.J. Watt, but they were worried about J.J. Watt batting balls down. down. Remember, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So we started to formulate the whole game plan of, let's get J.J. Watt on this side, and we'll put all our receivers on the on other side. side so he can never bat down a ball on third and seven or third and eight, and mm-hmm. we can keep drives going. And I don't think he batted a ball down the it's whole game. Tommy should
1: get pissed. They'd be out there with broomsticks. Yes, right. Sticking yeah. up like, right. you know, normally they have a the little tennis racket, and we would play J.J. Watt, and Bill's like, that's not high enough. He bats down, he'd start reading off the stats, how many batted balls he has and everything. Right. And and you would just see time because it would be seven on seven. And those guys, you know, you're supposed to just stick it up and leave it there. And those guys, and Bill would, Bill would tell these guys, like, hey, you got a reward for each, each pass you knocked down. Yeah. So those guys are now be out there tracking where Brady's throwing and sticking up at the last minute. It, it would be hilarious. Did you ever have a
0: feeling in, like, 13 13- – you know end of 12 13 that like things like did you real? you know did you know that like maybe they brady and the like you know they drafted jimmy garoppolo mm. i don't you know i don't think they were necessarily thrilled with tom's play at that point like it was good but it wasn't like you know top of the league at that did you know that there was like maybe some unhappiness or a little bit there at all could you feel that in
1: there i did it yeah. because like remember my the early in my career, my rookie year, we went fourteen and two. We lost in a division round. Right. Then we lose in the Super Bowl. Then we lose in the AFC championship, losing the AFC championship, and then win a the Super Bowl. So I'm like, I mean, what like what else are we looking for? Yeah, like, right, yeah right. I mean, I get it. Right, you know, in a right. perfect world, we win a Super Bowl all those years, yeah. but I mean, who does it? Yeah, right, but I'm like, right, out right. of all of these years, you know, you get my first five years, I played in two Super Bowls. Right. And two AFC championships, you know, one year that we had, and we had the best record in the NFL. My rookie year, the Jets beat us in a divisional round. But I'm thinking everything's great. Like, right. we're doing well. I think the most losses we had in any of those seasons was four. We right. were 12 and four, or we were 13 and three. Like, yeah. I'm like, everything's going great. But you don't realize that. And I remember when we drafted Jimmy, it was kind of like – The second round, second right? Second round, right, like, right. And then, you know, you read all of the things where they're like, the team needs this, they should get this. And then everybody's like, why would they get a quarterback? And you don't realize it, but then you start to kind of see all that stuff transpire. And, again, it's the evolution of all teams. All teams look for your backup. Yeah. They look for the next guy right. that's going to take your spot. Right. Um, but it
0: was deep in his career. You're thinking traditionally you quarterbacks in are coming to yeah. the end yep. here. Right, yeah. And,
1: again – I do think he took that person. I think I think all players take that personal. I Agreed. think every player if you draft a guy at a certain level right. behind them, they're gonna help him and do but they're gonna be like, Oh, you, you think I'm done? Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'll and show you. Exactly. And I think that's I think that's how twelve is and I think he's always going to be like that. Even and all of the things he does Agreed. next in life, Agreed. that like he has an underdog mentality. Yeah,
0: yeah, I agree. I, 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 that's why I think if he announces games for Fox, he's going to be awesome because I know he works at it. He's passionate. Yep. It's Brady. I have tremendous respect for him that way. All right. Other than that, right? You know, Brady gets a lot of credit for that. You know, and he should. I'm not saying uh-huh. that, but you guys had a lot of great players. Who do you think it was like the most underappreciated Patriot that like the public doesn't uh-huh. know about how good they were? to winning Super Bowls or even maybe the years you didn't win the Super Bowl. But, like, because, you know, one thing that sucks about football, there's so many players, so many good players get forgotten about. And I try to bring that up here all the time where it's like, yeah, he's not a Hall of Famer, but this guy's a legend of the sport or a legend for this team, and we Mm -hmm. can't forget about that. Anybody jump to your mind that This guy's
1: going to love this because he he always feels like he doesn't get enough credit. I'll say Rob Nankovich. Oh, yeah. You know, I think on our defense – um, people know how great Chandler Jones was, but they knew more about that when he left, right? He went to Arizona, dominated. Hightower made a lot of big plays in big games. You know, Mayo was an all-pro player. Pro Bowls, Vents, same thing. But Rob Ninkovich was kind of a journeyman at one point, playing in Miami, Uh comes to New England, really as a special teamer, backup long snapper, and gets on the field and just starts making plays, getting sacks, Interceptions, playing like that kind of DN outside linebacker uh, tweener role. Like, I always thought Ninko did a great job for us and, and never really got the credit yeah. he deserved for right. what he was able to do for the team uh, year in and year out of always being able to, to kind of. Rely on him being in that I mean, there were times we paid guys that played behind him more than what he was getting, what he was making, uh, and it would always piss him off. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, yeah. I'll give I'll give Ninko his credit. I, I thought he was a great I, that's player. That's a good us. call by you. Yeah, yeah
0: I mean, he was phenomenal. Three, four outside linebacker was a better pass rusher than people exactly. realize. Strong yep. as hell in the run game. Did everything right. Yeah, he's total New England Patriot all the way there. All right, that was a good one. All right, how about the best team you ever played on? What was the best team? Was it one that won the Super Bowl? Was there one that didn't win the Super Bowl that you think was actually the best?
1: I, I would say if I had to rank them, I would rank the team that won the Super Bowl in 2014. Yeah, um, my rookie year team that went 14 and two. We lost the Jets and Rex Ryan at home on that yep. Saturday night, but or whatever it was. We beat uh, Aaron Rodgers didn't play when we played Green Bay. I think he had a concussion, but we beat we beat Indy, we beat Pittsburgh, like we beat a lot of the top teams we beat the Chargers, we beat a lot of the top teams in the league that right, year right. um and, and lost to the jets and then i would say the the 2018 team that won the super bowl um was though i thought those teams were you the, know the, the beat the, the, the rams, rams yeah, right. yeah yeah like obviously that probably wasn't our most talented offense um that year but i thought the way we were able to we could throw the ball we could run the ball with sony um, we could use James White in a passing game. And yeah. then I thought defensively, we were so multiple. We had guys like Van Oy and Hightower right. that could go in between playing linebacker, DN. Uh, we just had so many different guys that were, were versatile. And, you know, I think that my rookie year, that team was special because offensively, you know, we could go 12 personnel. We had, you know, her. and The best tight end duo well in football. We yeah. had those guys. Then we got Deion Branch back. Right. Like, we had that and then defensively, We were just a spin the wheel team that year. Zone blitzes, uh, blitz zero, man, like cover two. It was it was pretty cool as a rookie seeing that.
0: Well, I always was amazed in some years the defense would be exotic and crazy, and then another year you'd go, I go, man, they're kind of playing it plain and simple this year. Yeah,
1: yep. And I would say the last few years um, I felt like it was a little bit more simple, especially from a secondary standpoint. Um, You know, I would say ever since 2020. Uh, we lost a good amount of coaches. We lost different players that were kind of key to those things. But yeah, the years before that, we—I mean, the the Rams Super Bowl—we had played ninety-six percent man-to-man all game. The AFC Championship against Kansas City, we were ninety-eight percent man-to-man in that game. Right. We get to the Super Bowl, we played—I think it was seventy percent zone.
0: Yeah. Like you brought out, like, the quarters, quarters the Bears yeah. who beat the Rams. I think. Yep. A little bit of that game. Plan we played right? quarters. We played,
1: like, a, a cover three buzz right. coverage with the safety dropping down. And a lot of teams, like, you're not going to really throw out what you did all year right. in the biggest game, but, like, that was built. That's what I loved about being in New England, like – once you became a player that was kind of cerebral and, and locked into how you could attack different offenses and what you could do, it was so fun coming in on Wednesday and hearing the game plan and then being like, man, I think maybe if we did this, this would be a little bit better. We could be here. And then the freedom. Yeah. Like, Bill would always tell us, like, we're going to give you different parameters that you can do, but once you're going to feel like this is your defense, like, yeah. go. Like, right. if you see some, he would always tell me, Whatever you see, nine out of ten times, we're going to agree with you, and, you know, we're going to see it probably exact same. He said, and the other time, you're probably going to see something that we wouldn't have noticed and put us in a better play that I even would have thought coming from the sideline. So just being able to be there, and, like, I, we've made plays in games where I've made the wrong check, where I've thought, like, from watching film. film, um, I remember one time we played Houston, and I'm like, oh, this this is a set that they, they're going to have a condensed formation. I'm checking cover, two. <laughs> it ends up being empty. and But for some reason, I just felt like they went empty with the back all the way at one. I'm like, Hopkins was uh, close, Fuller was close. I'm like, I feel like they're going to run their condensed split plays, but now they're going to try to show it to us out of of empty. But those two wide guys are just going to end up being in a check down place anyway. And we ended up getting an interception on it, and they were like, why did you check it? I was like, honestly – it just kind of all fit in my brain. I felt like I saw it before on film.
0: Your instincts just came out.
1: And whether we got an interception or not, and I got to the sideline, Bill would be like, "Why'd you do that? Okay, yeah. I understand. Right, like, he trusted it didn't work you. He this way: in the but again. Exactly. Right. So I always thought that was cool because I don't know how many other guys or you know would get to do that in their defense where a coach would be like, "Hey, you just changed our whole defense." on an empty check that we don't have. Like, what are you doing where that was never a problem in New England?
0: Brilliant guy, and I don't think people give Bill enough credit for he's got big balls. He's got guts. Yeah, Like, people don't realize that, right?
1: Some of the things that we would do would not be sound. Right. Like, I'm just being honest. You would just take a chance. You would draw something up, and you'd be like, Coach, but what if they do this? And he'd be like – if they have time, then that's going to be a touchdown. Right, like we get right. it. He
0: take calculated risks,
1: but yeah, this is what they've shown us. This is their tendency. They've done it over and over again. We watched it. We watched it. Yeah, not just this year. We watched it over the last three years. This coordinator did it 15 years ago when he, like, and he would come in and you'd be like, oh, right. you watched 15 years ago film. Like I get it. Uh, I believe you, coach. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, did you talked about Bill? You knew when he was a little scared, right? That somebody mm-hmm. knew him. Who was there a team or a coach where you always felt like man Bill knows them back and forth and we know their checks and everything right I honest I played a game against Bill in 2005 right mm-hmm. and it was John Gruden right and he was kind of with the Raiders there before, so mm-hmm. it, it was very prevalent yeah, yeah. on Bill's radar, right? Mm-hmm. That we got to beat, the, I got to figure out this offense. You know, of course, he grew up stopping Bill Walsh and the West Coast offense, so he knew the West Coast offense already. I told, used to tell people that. I used to be like, Bill knows the West Coast offense as good as any West Coast yeah. coach there is. Like, it was his obsession through the 80s. <laughs> if you wanted to beat the Niners, you had to know the offense. Yeah. So, horizontal, yeah. So, yeah, I played in 2005, and we would get in certain formations, and I'd be like, they know. They, they know what fucking play's coming. They know what I just checked to, Yeah, you know? And he would give looks because he knew we were going to check to checked that, to and it, then yeah. he'd go off of it. Mm-hmm. And so that was, like, such an experience for me. Uh, we got our butts whooped up there. We kind of hung around but lost, like, 28 nothing. It was, like, mm-hmm. one of those games where you guys just slowly wore our asses out, right? Uh, but did you ever feel that way, like, as, as far it, as any team?
1: It would always be the coaches that had been coaching for a long time because he would love to pull up, like if we played Chan Gailey when, uh, when Gailey was in Buffalo, ah. like he would love to pull up film from like 15 or 20 years ago and show us and be like, look. He's still doing the same thing. He's still doing like, yeah. I'm telling you, this guy's not going to change. Right. Like, this is what he does. And anytime we played that and that happened – You know, and I can't think of the coach off the top of my head, but those guys that he would have coached against, you know, for the last, like, 20, 25 years, um, whether it had been his time at the Giants or, like, where those guys – because, you know, as a younger player, even as a current player – you wouldn't always know, like, this guy's coaching history. And Bill would get up there and start telling you where this guy coached in the 80s. And the and you're like, okay, coach, like, we get it. And he would run through that history, and then you would kind of get the feeling like he felt really comfortable going against yeah. some of these guys because right. he had coached against them for so long. Yeah,
0: right, right. Knew them back and forth. Yeah. Um, on the question of, like, I asked you your team, right, that was the best one. Who's the best team you ever played against? You know, or just you know, top two, three—the yeah. ones where you just went, man, yeah, they—they they were real.
1: Uh, I think obviously the Legion of Boom, that seattle that seattle, seattle team. Teams, yeah, um, we played them in 2012, where you could kind of feel they beat us in Seattle. Uh right. Might have been overtime, I think. It was. It was late in the game. Yeah, yeah it might have been uh, deep rice, post yep. around the middle. Yep. And right. you could feel it, right? Sherman yells in, right. In, in Brady's after the game. and Brady's face. You mad, bro? All yeah. that crap, right? You could feel like that's where they were headed. So then. Um, seeing them win the Super Bowl in 13 and then playing that team in 14, um, I thought that was a, a really special team that when we played them um the Denver teams from when Peyton first got there in 13, yeah. you know, 14 and 15 when they won the Super Bowl, I thought those teams were, you know, you're, you're going against Demarius Thomas, Emmanuel Sanders, um, then on defense you got Taleb over there with Chris Harris, Von like, Miller, Chris Miller Ward. Edge, yeah, like, I mean,
0: or C, uh, the T J Ward at safety. right. Stewart at other safety. Yeah, uh, right. Stewart, the other right. safety, yeah F.J. You just Stewart. was like, Man, these yeah.
1: guys like those teams to me were stacked that when we went to play them, you knew like all right, this is gonna be a battle. This right. is a game of all games that you wanna see. I mean, the Pittsburgh teams with Big Ben and, yeah. and a, Antonio Brown and those. Well, guys.
0: why did you guys always own them? Like
1: you guys kind of was weird, man. Like we would play those games and everyone would talk about all week how like it would be a battle between Pittsburgh's toughness and our finesse, and we would always be like, "What, what? finesse? Yeah, like why right. we keep getting yeah. labeled as this?" Right. And you talk about external kind of motivation. We always felt like that going into the game, and we always felt like for some reason. People would kind of label that game as like us as underdogs. And every year when we would play them, Bill would be like, I don't fucking get it. And he would read off, oh man, we're 8-1 we're and one in the last nine matchups against this team. And everybody's acting like we need to play our best game to win. We just need to show up and do what we do. And that would always be the attitude playing Pittsburgh. We always felt like everyone picked them over us anytime we played, whether it was going to be – Uh, Sunday night game in Pittsburgh, my rookie year, and we we beat the brakes off them that. Or, you know, AFC Championship in 16, where they're coming to us. And we just always felt like everyone thought that, you know, whether we had a good record or not, that they were going to beat us and be better than us. And it always created, like, this chip on our shoulder playing against Pittsburgh.
0: Like, was he – like, how often did he ever bring out bullet, bulletin board material or that? I mean, I, I know you kind of— At the end of the week, he would always There was find, something he would find?
1: Somebody would say something in the media. Because, you know, for every other team, like, you're playing the Patriots. Right, so, right. it was, like, always something. And it would be funny because the way he would do it, he would come in there and let's say they say something about, like, Brady. He would he would read and he got I mean, I'm not saying that. but <laughs> I mean, Brady, that's what the fuck they think about you. I mean, yeah, yeah. whatever you've done in this league, I mean— So fucking this guy said it, right? Right, That's what he thinks you are. You know, he'd be like, you know, you know, Hightower, you know, Mayo, you know, you guys, whatever the fuck you think of yourselves. They just said they can run for 200 yards this week. Yeah. Whatever you think. Like, they just said right here, the plan is to run the ball against New England. So, Vince, I mean, I don't know. Uh, You're a good player or not. I mean, they obviously don't think you're a fucking good player. Yeah. So he would come in there and you sit there, and the way he would just build it up and – Sometimes the quote would kind of be like, you know, the key to the game is running the ball. Oh, right. And it would be like, yo, that's a, that is a key to yeah, the game. Yeah, but then, yeah, right. But he would kind of turn it to make you feel like they just said that, you know, they're going to run all over you. And I always thought that was interesting, and it would only come at the end of the week. And it would a lot of times – Well, like a Friday come, morning meeting or – Yes, yeah, that's how it would right, be fr- – or right. a Saturday. Yeah. And I think it would come when he felt like we didn't have enough, like, hatred towards the team, like – we need to build up a little bit more fire going into this game. And I think he always felt like that's my specialty. Right. If, if anybody's going to bring a little hatred to the game – that's me. I'm going to bring it and make sure you see it. So um, I always thought he did a great job of that.
0: He wasn't, like, bringing up false crap or anything like that. It
1: was No, I just always thought he would twist things yeah, in a certain way. Yeah, try to way. make it, yeah. And, you know, more, a lot right, of times, right. like, when you're playing, you're not reading articles that different people are writing. So, like, you would take his word for whatever was in this article, and however he spun it, you'd be like, man, I, that guy really said that? Right, like, right. Or at the end of my career, they would have we have TVs, and they would put certain quotes on the TVs, Every day, so you walk by the TV and see what a guy said. So it it would be small things like that. uh, Every once in a while, like it it was big in '18, right when we got to the playoffs, and everybody said, "Oh, Tom was done. This team's right, done." Right, Like that was. Oh yeah, that was. You guys beat the Chargers, and
0: Tom was like, "Oh, nobody thinks we're gonna win next week," and all yep. that. And we were like, "Well, I don't know," but but that was. Yeah, that was the. Thought. In our meeting
1: room, that is that that what it was going on. felt like. Right, yeah, right. No doubt. About
0: yeah, we. I, I remember actually making fun of him that week. And I was like, "I don't know. I'm How picking the Patriots." The yeah. Super Bowl. I don't know what you're talking about. But... You couldn't
1: tell us any different. Right. We felt like everyone thought we were done. I mean, Charles Barkley picked the Chargers, then he picked the Chiefs, and who's at our Super Bowl practice Friday yeah. before the Super Bowl? Good old Chuck. He picked the Rams in the game. Right, did he really? pick the Rams. Damn, the what
0: was he thinking? <laughs> he picked Jared Goff and the Rams over Tom Brady and the Patriots. What the hell? That's why he's a basketball analyst right yeah, Exactly, there. <laughs> right? <laughs> what about you, and we'll wrap it up here soon, but like you defensively, you know, I'd love to know, you know, when you were sitting on the sideline, who was the defensive player? Like, you were talking about Ray Lewis before we came out. You're like, man, you, everybody needs to experience Ray Lewis. I got to experience it once. It was unbelievable. Yeah. I feel like the game was actually, I wasn't on the Patriots. I feel like the game was actually over before the game started when we played against Ray Lewis. He was dancing before the first snap, and I feel like our whole O line looked over and we're like, like oh, oh, my gosh. I don't know if we're going to be able to block them and (laughs) these guys today. And I felt like the game was over. I really did. He, like, intimidated us off the field right away. But, you know, safety that you looked up to or admired throughout your career and then just the defensive player, you were always like, holy shit, who is that guy? I
1: mean, he's unreal. Yeah, man. So one of the guys that I I loved watching was Charles Woodson because, you know, he was the corner that moved to safety. Right. So watching Woodson and, you know, all these guys, I would go up to right after the game and tell them, uh, and then I would say, for that era of when I was young, it was Woodson, Ed Reed, and Troy Polamalu. Yeah, yeah. Were the guys when I first got in, right. and I was a corner, but those guys were the safeties where I was like, man, you know. And then as a corner when I first got in, it was Revis and Champ Bailey. Right. For me, you know, going to Rutgers, Revis was playing for the Jets. It, that that's what it was like. It was you know, Sundays watching Revis and then coming out in the draft and people, like, mentioning, like, hey, you know, what's your favorite corner? Hey, some people said you're physical like Revis. I'm like, yeah, really? And then my rookie year going to the Pro Bowl, uh, I remember going up to Champ Bailey and being like, man, like, we had a poster in our dorm of you. Like, that was, you know, in our dorm. And then, you know, later in my career being a safety, the guys I love watching that, you know, I felt like my peers were E. Weddle, uh, who I developed a relationship sure. with, and right. text Eric Weddle, awesome dude. And I right thought on. he really did a great job of being in San Diego and requesting the money. Right? You talk right. about this the market. So we talk about the running back market right. right now. Eric Weddle taking the safety market to $8 mil a year was huge right. when he signed that deal. And then um, Earl Thomas took it to $10 mil. And watching Earl in the way him and Cam would play together, yeah. um, and Earl would fly around, Cam would knock your they were head unreal. off those guys were were just unreal. So um, that era just being able to play um, with those guys and, you know, I thought, you know, for me, even being mentioned with the Weddles and the Earl Thomases and the Cam Chancellors, uh, was really special for me in those early two thousand tens. And then, you know, Harrison Smith came in and Tyron Matthew, those guys kind of took it over and, you know, continue to take it to the next level. And then now as an older guy, retired guy, I love watching the position because Like, people try to create these lists, and it's so hard to make now. And I feel like when I first got in the league, it wasn't like that. Right, right? safeties were safeties.
0: Now there's 10 different versions of you guys. It was clear cut.
1: Like, Troy, you know, Charles Woodson, Ed Reed, like, they were – that was different. Like, they were – you know, those were the guys. And everybody else was, you know, pretty good guys. Like, you know, they were good safeties. But now, I mean, each team kind of has a guy that you're like – Man, like, Justin Simmons is really good. Yeah. Quandre Diggs is really good. Right. You know, Derwin James is, is a dog. Like, you can go down the list. Minka Fitzpatrick it is a all man. Javon Holland we Javon were talking Holland, about yes. the other day, right? Who doesn't get enough credit, right. but I think over the next two years, yeah. people are going to start to see, right. like, man, this dude is a stud. Right. And, you know, we could be here for hours listing and why this guy's great at what he does and why this guy's different, but he's great. Um. So I, I love watching safety play now. Safety play is I mean,
0: I, it's, I think it's actually maybe as valuable as it's ever been in uh, the history of football. Because yep, you got to be I mean, so versatile, everything. and you exactly. can't expect the corners to play man-to-man all the time against these receivers and these offenses yep. right now. So you got to have safeties that can play zone and do all the things the right way. Yeah, you talk about those Seattle guys. I, I think Cam Chancellor and Michael Bennett are like the two of the most underrated awesome players I've ever seen in my life on the yep. defensive side of the ball. They never get the credit.
1: And it was because kind of like Earl and Sherman got a We're lot too of much: credit. Yeah, right. Cliff you know, was getting the sacks
0: yep. and Bobby Magner's in the middle, yep. and they got overlooked a little that way. But
1: I always thought that team was ran by the heart of Cam Chancellor. Agreed. Like, the Super Bowl was over, uh, and thirteen, when Cam hit Damaris Thomas. Oh, the, that the first out. for the first because snap of the game, or the second DT snap of the game. D T was that, right? D T right. was the big right. kind of receiver that if he came in and cracked you, he took your head off. Yeah. Or if he ran, you couldn't tackle him. Right. And I think Denver threw him the ball, and they saw Cam come and hit him, and they were like, holy.
0: That's dude, Seattle like, 3. Peyton thought he had man-to-man a crossers, yep. and a rubber going to rubble and it in was, there. I no, Seattle 3. Yeah, yeah. And then and It was t- just about that. <laughs>
1: getting a chance to play with Martellus in, in 2016 and then briefly in 17 yeah. before he stopped, and then Mike Bennett coming in 19. They're one so of a kind. Getting to play with both yeah. Bennett brothers right. was a treat all in itself. Like, no one should get the privilege of, of having an opportunity to play with both of them. Two of the craziest guys I met Great, great players, but I think being around them as people was even more satisfying. Seeing how their brains work, but you know when we played Seattle in '14 at Super Bowl, no one got talked about more in our squad meetings was Mike.
0: I know. I mean, I was talking to coaches up there. You know, you've seen America's game that year. I mean, the Bills Uh talking—that's all he's talking about. We
1: don't block this guy. Numb nuts of them. He's going to ruin the game. Yeah, yeah. over and over that. Right, right. He was unreal. Yeah, I mean. Double teamed him as much as we could, just when he was at that three tech, Bill just believed like he was unblockable. He was unblockable at the three tech. He started the phrase for me
0: where I think needs to be a defensive stat, where I, I called it I when I first started working in this business, mm-hmm. I called fuck the play up. You know, he didn't get a tackle, he didn't yep. get a sack, but, but he was the reason the play didn't work. Exactly. Right? He yep. there needs to be a just fuck so the play disruptive. up stat. Right, yeah. right. You know, he, pull, he gets bust through. The running back got to go a different of, yeah. way. The linemen run into each other. Somebody and, else gets a t- and and gets out, to tackle.
1: it's because of him. It's
0: all because of him. Yeah. All right, last thing, all right, because we got enough to do today, and we're going to be talking. But you talked about, like, some of the open field runners and Lamar and all of that, right? But you're the quarterback of a defense. I want to know, were you more amazed the first time you saw – Aaron Rodgers in 2014 in person when he got to play because you said Matt Flynn was hurt, uh, playing that first yeah, time. Yeah. Mahomes in 2018. Oh, you putting that. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. I am welcome to the media motherfucker. Oh, man. All right. And then what about even all right, just give me who was who were you more amazed with out of those two the first time you saw him or got on the field? Not
1: film, not whatever, but when yeah, you saw
0: it in person.
1: It was Aaron. It was um, Man cuz you you heard everything about uh Aaron and then we didn't play him like you said in 2010. And then we go to we go to Lambeau and we play him late in the season. I yeah. think it was either last week of uh, November or yeah. first week of December. Yeah. Cold cold 425
0: man. game on on CBS.
1: We cover everybody. Right. Look back. Breaks Ninkovic down. He's still he's still dancing back there. He runs for 30 yards. Right. Then you come back, you know, he hits Somebody where they have a half a step, but the ball is placed perfectly. In, like, in his pocket. Like, right. You can't. Yeah. And I think we go in at halftime, and it's like 20 to 6 or something. They're, they're, they're kind of steamrolling us. And we end up coming back, and we give up, I think, a, a, just a field goal in the second half right. against them. But just like the guy was just so on point. Where like early for Mahomes, it was like he would have a mistake here or there. Like, You know, a bad throw lead to an interception, but then he would just make a crazy play. He makes a crazy play, right? Where Aaron Rodgers, it felt like every time we were a half step slower, we were just a little off, he took advantage. And then I have the funniest story. In 18, we play Aaron Rodgers in New England. Again, another Sunday night classic. Another Sunday night football game. And we play Aaron, and, you know, we're disguising. So we're giving a good amount of, this is in, 2018, we kind of introduced our blitz zero. and We would be aggressive and we would send everybody. So off that look, me and Daron Harmon, uh, we would come and we would show 11 down. We would get down there and sometimes we would come and sometimes we would run out. So I had now a good beat on it. I'm like, I would tell dude, I'm like, dude, don't leave until you see me get ready to go. Because right. I'm like, I'm looking and I'm just watching the play clock. You know, these these great quarterbacks. They want to know what you're in. So they would take that play clock all the way down. And I would tell Duran, like, right when we get to about four, we got enough speed to get out and get to where we need to get to. Right. So we're having great success in the first half against Aaron. We're doing this. We're messing with him. We hit on the blitz zero a couple times. He got a couple incompletions. Like, feeling good. We are coming at halftime. And I don't know who tells Bill this, but it's a cold game. So Aaron has his little heat warmer and – they come down and Bill goes every time he takes his hands out of heat Warmer, the ball's coming. I'm like, really guys? Like, we're, like this is what you're gonna bank on? Sounds like for? an
0: Ernie Adams thing. Yes, right.
1: <laughs> so they're like, in this half when he takes his hand out, go because we're cutting it too close. I'm like, yo, we're winning. Like, what are we talking about? So come out. It's like early. He started doing order. more dummy snap
0: count, probably. <laughs> he
1: comes out. Right. Ah, yeah. We take off. Right. So now I'm like, I come walking back to kind of get in a disguise. Aaron goes, (laughs) he smiles ear to ear looking at me. So now we get back in it, plays okay, but now he keeps doing it. So now, maybe two plays later, we come with the all out blitz. He gets it like you and like uh, we were talking about yesterday in rehearsal back foot. Right.
0: Just flick it, whatever.
1: Hits Scanling on like a sixty yard pass on my brother because he knew it was Blitz Zero. Gets it, takes one step and launches it. And I get to the sideline like, "Hey, can we can we drop the hands in the fucking couch now?" <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, our bad." I'm like, uh, "It's a national," and I hit yeah, him with the bill lines. Yeah. It's the fucking National Football League. You think that he's gonna give us that yeah, easy for yeah, the right, right, rest right. of the game? Right. But that that's when I was like, "This guy, he's different. Yeah. Like he ha- and he has that swag to him." to smile at you before the play. Same thing Brady did later when he went to right, Tampa. Right, We hit a blitz zero, and he sees – and Brady, I mean, he practiced against us. Yeah, Curry. yeah. He sees me down, and he looks, and he completes a big third down. He goes, really, Dev? Yeah. You fucking blitz zero me? You <laughs> yeah, think you fucking right. blitz zero me? Disrespect to a quarterback yes. like that, right. And I was like, right. sorry, sorry, Tom. Yeah, yeah, sorry, right, sorry, sorry, sir, right, sorry, sorry. All right,
0: me. real quick, this is like – one thing on uh, – Burrow – one thing on Josh Allen, all right, just because mm-hmm. th- those are probably my four guys right there yeah. right now. You know what I mean? So yeah, let me let me let me hear real quick just what jumps out to you about Josh Allen right off the bat. Dog. Yeah.
1: Like playing against him, we played against him last year Thursday night. He's running the sideline. I give him everything I got, and he gets up. He goes, "Damn old man, you try to smoke me." <laughs> <laughs> but again, some of my worst moments towards the end of my career were because you know. Playing against Josh, Josh Allen in yeah, Buffalo. Right, right. And I, I just love whether it was a mistake he would have early in the game or he would just have that dog where he wouldn't stop. And he always, it always felt like you were playing against a guy that was having a time of his life. Right. Laughing, joking, you know, trying to run through guys, like getting up. It was just always that awesome energy. Right. Um, and I think with Burrow, it's that swag, right? Yeah. It, it's. In the game, he he's kind of Joe Cool. Like he's always gonna be he's got that, that Brady guy. way
0: about him. And right, he knows he, right. he knows
1: what he has out there, right? He yeah. knows he's throwing a T. T. Higgins and Boyd and Chase, and Chase. Yeah, like right. he knows, like man, my guys are better than you, and I'm right. gonna play like that. I'm never worried. I'm never thinking of panic. And I always felt like last year when we played them, it was like that. And we had him on the ropes. Like we had these guys. Where you know we uh, you you kind of messed it up and then you came back and then we kind of messed four. it up right ball on the six yard right. line right and we fumble the game away but I never felt like Joe Burrow was worried about us beating him. it was always like he was like man y'all can do whatever you want right we're still gonna win this game right uh, and I think that's what's cool about those guys and I I would say Mahomes in that same category yeah always just cool like we're gonna be fine we're gonna find a way to win this game. Uh, when you talk about those AFC guys that are, and obviously you throw Aaron in there now, yeah, right. Those kind of young guys that you know are going to take this league yeah. to another level. Yeah, they,
0: they are taking it to. I know. Yeah. I, I I really. I mean, I, the more I sit here with you, the more I want to ask questions. I actually get more and more because now you got me thinking. Like, wait, you played against J- J- Justin Jefferson last year yeah. and
1: Jamar Chase yeah, and Tyreek Hill. Don't, and don't bring up don't bring Justin up. Jefferson on Thanksgiving. Oh,
0: I, I know. Friggin'. Yeah, I know. That yeah. was that was a bad one.
1: Chase wasn't as – but we, 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 we held up against You held up against Chase, Chase yeah. yeah. We held up a little bit. Um, but J.J., like – and then watching the quarterback show on Netflix and them showing him running through the double team just – and then he runs a nine route. I hit him as soon as he catches the ball. Because, like, he was just tough because he had everything. Yeah, right? he, he got can everything. can run the quick routes. You as a taller guy, you know sometimes you're like, man, it's more of a one-cut guy. Right. He's not going to be a great route runner. But nope. he is. He I can know. run routes. Right. Like he can do everything on the field. Um, I, I thought he was a really tough matchup, and he's a guy we don't see that much right, because he was right. in Minnesota. So it, it, I thought that was really tough Did playing against that
0: him. kind of guy scare you more? Or does, it like, a Tyreek Hill – I hated
1: playing this... – when I was playing corner, yeah. the shifty, quick guys, I just – right. I hated playing against those yeah. guys. So Tyreek Hill knows, like, whenever we played them, Tyreek Hill was going to see a heavy dose of me yeah. helping and leaning to his side, right. um, which made it tough now going to Miami because Waddle's not... – Waddle's no slouch on no, the other side, no. and, you know, leaving him one-on-one is a problem too, yeah, so right. uh, it it's a tough task, you know, and I think, you know, early in my career, you think about some of the matchups, the Brandon Marshalls, the Reggie Waynes, right. Um, talking about those guys and playing them, and now you look up, you know, the league's back There's in that new era, breed, right? There's right, yeah. Last new year guys. we played Devontae Adams in, in Vegas. Yeah. Like, there's just so many of these guys who are guys. Like, yeah. not just like, yeah, hey, you know, he's a good receiver. No, these are guys. Yeah. Like, when you right. play them, if you don't have a plan, it's going to be 180, 200 yards. Like, right. it's going to be one of those days. So, um, you know, last year we played Hopkins. Like, we played all of the guys last year Bandy that were yeah. dogs. Right. That you had to have a specific game plan form of not how to stop them, but – we got to contain them and right. not let them just, just go crazy. Go crazy, right? You know?
0: Right. Yeah, that's when you know you've gone to the next level. It's not even like, we, we know he's going to get 100. Yeah. We just don't want 200.
1: That's right. what I knew. Like, uh, next year probably the couch is going to be a little bit more comfortable for me than game planning <laughs> and having to play against uh, these guys. I'd rather talk about them. Yeah, now.
0: yeah, good. Well, welcome. All right, and we're going to start it off tonight yeah, on Sunday man. Night Football. Hey, we
1: can do this again. Hey. And this is, we're co-workers now. That, you, this
0: is, you don't gotta ask, yeah, tell man. me, okay? Right. Next time
1: I'm going to come button up, too, to fit the... Please button button. do, yeah, please man. do. It's always buttoned up here. I
0: unbutton my mouth, but I keep the button top. I, like uh, I like that. And tight, all right? All right, so, hey, I hope everybody enjoyed it. Devin McCourty, the newest number member of NBC Sports. He's the man. And I can't wait to everybody to see what this guy's got. He's got a ton of knowledge. He's got personality like you're seeing. And hopefully me and him are doing this for a long, long time together. You're the man. I appreciate I like it. it. Seriously. Man. You know, much love to the McCourty twins in general and to you for doing this. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. All right, mofos. All right, homies. You know where to find me. We'll be back at it. i Farid on Monday. Check us out tonight. Sunday Night Football if you listen by then. Either way, we finally got football. It's back and next week we got real preseason games throughout the league. So you know where to find it. Chris Sims on button. Appreciate everybody. Clap it up.
1: Peace.